Hello everyone and welcome to the Mimetic Exegete Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Skidmore. In this series, we have been studying the book of Isaiah. As you may remember, this book is comprised of a series of oracles which condemn a lack of justice in Israel as the ruling class exploit the poor for their own ends. Isaiah prophesies a coming day of judgment in which Israel's leaders will be destroyed and the poor liberated from their grasp. The faithful remnant comprised of this previously marginalized class will rebuild the nation under a new king. This renewed Israel will be characterized by righteousness and justice and provide an example for all the nations to imitate. These oracles presented in the first 35 chapters of the book are addressed to pre-exilic Israel, that is Israel before she is destroyed by Babylon in 587 BC. Today we continue our study in Isaiah by reading chapters 36 to 39 which form a type of narrative enactment of Isaiah's pre-exilic oracles. In the 14th year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. And the king of Assyria sent the Rabbashakah from Lachish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem with a great army. And he stood by the conduit of the upper pool on the highway to the washer's field. And there came out to him Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, and Shebna, the secretary, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder. And the Rabbashakah said to them, Say to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, On what do you rest this trust of yours? Do you think that mere words are strategy and power for war? In whom do you now trust that you have rebelled against me? Behold, you are trusting in Egypt, that broken reed of a staff which will pierce the hand of any man who leans on it. Such is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who trust in him. But if you say to me, We trust in the Lord our God. Is it not he whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, You shall worship by this altar? Come now, make a wager with my master, the king of Assyria. I will give you two thousand horses if you are able to your part to put riders upon them. How then can you repulse a single captain among the least of my master's servants when you trust in Egypt for chariots and horsemen? Moreover, is it not without the Lord that I have come up to this land to destroy it? The Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, Shebna, and Joah said to the Rabbashakah, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it. Do not speak to us in the language of Judah within the hearing of the people who are on the wall. But the Rabbashakah said, Has my master sent me to speak these words to your master and to you, and not to the men sitting on the wall, who are doomed with you to eat their dung and drink their own urine? Then the Rabbashakah stood and called out in a loud voice in the language of Judah, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you. Do not let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord by saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. 
do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, Make your peace with me, and come out to me. Then each one of you will eat of his own vine, and each one of his own fig tree, and each one of you will drink the water of his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and wine, a land of bread and vineyards. Beware lest Hezekiah mislead you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. Has any of the gods of the nations delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamah and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharim? Have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? Who among all the gods of these lands have delivered their lands out of my hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand? But they were silent and answered him not a word, for the king's command was, Do not say anything. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, and Shebna the secretary, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn, and told him the words of the Rabbishakeh. As soon as King Hezekiah heard it, he tore his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, and Shebna the secretary, and the senior priest, covered with sackcloth, to the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos. They said to him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of distress, of rebuke, and of disgrace. Children have come to the point of birth, but there is no strength to bring them forth. It may be that the Lord your God will hear the words of the Rabbishakeh, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to mock the living God, and will rebuke the words that the Lord your God has heard. Therefore lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. When the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah, Isaiah said to them, Say to your master, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid, because the words that you have heard with which the young men of the king of Assyria have reviled me. Behold, I will put a spirit in him, so that he shall hear a rumour and return to his own land, and I will make him fall by the sword in his own land. The Rabbishakeh returned and found the king of Assyria fighting against Libna, for he had heard that the king had left Lachish. Now the king heard concerning Turkakar, king of Cush, he has set out to fight against you. And when he heard it, he sent messengers to Hezekiah, saying, Thus shall you speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah. Do not let your God in whom you trust deceive you by promising that Jerusalem will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the lands, devoting them to destruction, and shall you be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered them, the nations that my fathers destroyed, Gozan, Haran, Resef, and the people of Eden who were in Telassar? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, the king of the city of Sepharim, the king of Hena, or the king of Ivar? Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear all the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to mock the living God. 
Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they were destroyed. So now, O Lord our God, save us from his hand and all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone are the Lord. Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent to Hezekiah saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, because you have prayed to me concerning Sennacherib, king of Assyria, this is the word that the Lord has spoken concerning him. She despises you. She scorns you. The virgin daughter of Zion, she wags her head behind you, the daughter of Jerusalem. Whom have you mocked and reviled? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes to the heights? Against the Holy One of Israel. By your servants you have mocked the Lord, and you have said with many chariots, I have gone up to the heights of the mountains, to the far recesses of Lebanon, to cut down its tallest cedars, its choicest cypresses, to come to its remotest height, its most fruitful forest. I dug wells and drank waters to dry up with the sole of my foot all the streams of Egypt. Have you not heard that I determined it long ago? I planned from days of old what now I must bring to pass, that you should make fortified cities crash into heaps of ruins, while their inhabitants, shorn of strength, are dismayed and confounded, and have become like plants of the field, and like tender grass, like grass on the housetops, blighted before it is grown. I know you're sitting down, and you're going out and coming in, and your rage against me. Because you have raged against me, and your complacency has come to my ears, I will put my hook in your nose, and my bit in your mouth, and I will turn you back on the way by which you came. And this shall be a sign for you. This year you shall eat what grows of itself, and in the second year what springs from that. And then in the third year sow and reap, and plant vineyards, and eat their fruit. And the surviving remnant of the house of Judah shall take again, root downward, and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant, and out of Mount Zion a band of survivors. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Therefore thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, or shoot an arrow there, or come before it with a shield, or cast up a siege mount against it. By the way that he came, by the same he shall return, and he shall not come into this city, declares the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it, for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. And the angel of the Lord went up and struck 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when the people arose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. Then Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went home and lived at Nineveh. And as he was worshipping in the house of Anishrosh his god, Adremelech and Shariza his sons struck him with the sword. And after that they escaped to the land of Arat. Eshardan his son reigned in his place. You may recall that in earlier oracles, Isaiah rebukes the Israelite leaders for placing their trust in Egypt to protect them, rather than seeking refuge in the Lord. For example, in chapter 35, verses 1 to 5, Isaiah rebukes Israel for forming an alliance with Egypt. Ah, stubborn children, declares the Lord, who carry out a plan, but not mine, and who make an alliance, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. 
Who set out to go down to Egypt without asking for my direction? To take refuge in the protection of Pharaoh and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall the protection of Pharaoh turn to your shame and the shelter in the shadow of Egypt to your humiliation. For though his officers are at Zoan and his envoys reach Hanes, everyone comes to shame through a people that cannot profit them that brings neither help nor profit but shame and disgrace. In 2 Kings chapter 18, Hezekiah is presented as the ideal king. He removed altars and icons of pagan worship from Israel and trusted in the Lord so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him, nor among those who were before him. Hezekiah's removal of the sacred icons is referenced by the Rabbishaker, who mistakes them for articles of Yahwistic worship. The Rabbishaker functions as an emissary of the Assyrian king, Sennacherib, offering terms of peace to the people of Judah if they choose to surrender. He reiterates the folly of trusting in Egypt and urges the Israelites to accept his terms for peace. But Hezekiah heeds the counsel of his advisers, Eliakim and Shebna, who suggest that the Lord may hear the Rabbishaker's boastful words and fight on Judah's behalf. With his back against the wall, Hezekiah petitions the Lord to protect and deliver Judah by humbling Assyria. In his distress, Hezekiah prays to the Lord and employs a popular tactic we've seen employed throughout the Bible. Hezekiah beseeches the Lord of mimetic rivalry and desire by appealing to his vanity. He urges the Lord to save Judah from the hand of the Assyrians that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone are the Lord. In other words, all these other nations' idols, they're just idols. They're not real gods. They're the work of men's hands, wood and stone. But you, you have to prove that you're the real ideal. God, you have to establish your identity as the supreme God among all the other gods by delivering Israel. Otherwise, it'll reflect badly on you and people will go, oh, well, the Lord is just like any of those other gods that we destroyed. And that's exactly the speech and the pitch that the Rabbishaker was pushing. The Lord responds favorably to Hezekiah's petition and promises to destroy and humble Assyria. Imitating the arrogance of the Rabbishaker, the Lord rebukes Assyria for their arrogant words and vows to send the Assyrian army home. In an incident reminiscent of the Passover evening, the angel of the Lord slays 185,000 Assyrian soldiers overnight. The whole drama comes to an end when Sennacherib is slain by his own sons in the temple of his god, Nishroch. This story emphasizes the power and majesty of the Lord of mimetic desire who achieves his own ends by inspiring mimetic rivalry and violence and the impotence of foreign gods. The Lord's power and supremacy knows no boundaries. He can even infiltrate the temple of Sennacherib's gods and inspire his own sons to destroy their father. By the way, at the beginning of his speech, the Rabbishaker challenges Hezekiah, asking him, who is he placing his trust in? And we see by the end of the story that Hezekiah is ultimately successful because he places his trust in the Lord. 
I just wanted to draw attention to this detail because in chapter 39, we'll see this question play out in a very different way. Anyway, for now, let's read on from chapter 38. In those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die, you shall not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Please, O Lord, remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a noble heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Hezekiah, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of David your father. I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add fifteen years to your life. I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and will defend this city. Thus shall be the sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing that he has promised. Behold, I will make the shadow cast by the declining sun on the dial of Ahaz turn back ten steps. So the sun turned back on the dial the ten steps by which it had declined. A writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, after he had been sick and recovered from his sickness. I said in the middle of my days, I must depart. I am consigned to the gates of Sheol for the rest of my years. I said, I shall not see the Lord, the Lord in the land of the living. I shall look on man no more among the inhabitants of the world. My dwelling is plucked up and removed from me like a shepherd's tent, like a weaver I have rolled up my life. He cuts me off from the loom. From day to night you bring me to an end. I calmed myself until morning, like a lion breaks all his bones. From day to night you bring me to an end. Like a swallow or crane I chirp, I moan like a dove. My eyes are weary with looking upward. O oh Lord, I am oppressed. Be my pledge of safety. What shall I say? For he has spoken to me, and he himself has done it. I walk slowly all my years because of the bitterness of my soul. O oh Lord, by these things men live, and in all these is the life of my spirit. O oh, restore me to health and make me live. Behold, it was for my welfare that I had great bitterness. But in love you have delivered my life from the pit of destruction, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. For Sheol does not thank you. Death does not praise you. Those who go down to the pit do not hope for your faithfulness. The living, the living, he thanks you, as I do to this day. The Father makes known to the children your faithfulness. The Lord will save me, and he will play my music on stringed instruments all the days of our lives at the house of the Lord. Now Isaiah had said, Let them take a cake of figs and apply it to the ulcer, that he may recover. Hezekiah also had said, What is the sign that I shall go up to the house of the Lord? This passage emphasizes Hezekiah as the ideal king, a descendant of David, in whom God delights and favours. If we were left in any doubt after the last chapter, Isaiah places his trust in the Lord. Not only has Hezekiah's faithfulness managed to stave off the Assyrian invaders, but now in chapter 38, Hezekiah's faithfulness manages to bring him an extra 15 years of life. 
To confirm the legitimacy of the prophecy, the Lord turns back the sundial of Ahaz ten septs, representing the extra time granted to Hezekiah, a literal turning back of the clock. To heal Hezekiah's ulcer, which presumably had something to do with his sickness, Isaiah commands that medicinal figs be applied to the area. In various ancient Near Eastern texts, figs are said to have healing properties. Now the chapter could end here, but the faithful Hezekiah is anxious for a sign that he will return to worship in the Lord's temple. Ominously, no sign is giving, suggesting that disaster is just around the corner. As we read on from chapter 39, we see Isaiah's faithfulness waver. At that time, Merodach Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent envoys with letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that he had been struck sick and had recovered. And Hezekiah welcomed him gladly, and he showed them his treasure house, the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious oil, his whole armory, all that was found in his storehouses. There was nothing in his house or in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say, and from where did they come to you? Hezekiah said, They have come to me from a far country, from Babylon. He said, What have they seen in your house? Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing in my storehouses that I did not show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord, and some of your sons who will come from you, whom you will father, shall be taken away and they shall be made eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good, for he thought... There will be peace and security, at least in my days. Rather than worshipping at the house of the Lord, Hezekiah places his trust in his Babylonian allies to protect him from the king of Assyria. Hezekiah makes the fatal error of boastfully showing all his riches to his Babylonian allies. As Isaiah astutely observes, this prideful act kindles the Babylonians' desire for Hezekiah's wealth and treasure. In the future, this desire will bring Babylon into conflict with Judah as the two nations fight over the commonly desired object of riches and honour. In 587 BC, Judah is ultimately overpowered by Babylon and brought into exile. Hezekiah's response to this revelation is less than inspiring. He does not petition the Lord, but accepts the future disaster, content that he will be dead long before its fulfilment. The incident appears to be a commentary on what happens when good and faithful men refuse to rise up and resist evil. Unfortunately, for all his potential, Hezekiah fails to lead Judah into peace and prosperity. As the first 35 chapters of Isaiah has repeatedly asserted, mimetic violence must first be unleashed upon the land, destroying Israel's oppressive power structures before a new nation can be built. In the following chapters, Isaiah will address exilic Israel as they languish in Babylon and struggle to find hope for their future. Thanks again for joining me on the Mimetic Exegete podcast. Until next time, may the Lord bless you 
and keep you.